Hello, and welcome to Meditations from Middle Earth. My name is Strider, and I'm a Christian worker here in where I call Middle Earth. We love to meditate on God's Word, and He's given us so many unique and rich experiences here in Middle Earth, and I'd like to share those insights with you here on Meditations from Middle Earth. Well, greetings. Today, I wanted to begin a series on meditation and specifically on contemplation. Now, the title of this podcast has been Meditations from Middle Earth, and I have given you some of my meditations, but I haven't really taught on how to meditate or even the kind of meditation that leads to what we call contemplation. Uh, let, me, um, let me explain what I mean when I talk about meditation and contemplation. It seems like every time I go back to the West and I visit in churches there, as I'm talking about the call that God has on my life and how I've heard his voice and responded to his call, both in my profession and in my daily life and practice, people inevitably come up to me afterwards and ask me, what does it mean to hear God's voice? And I consider this to be a basic discipleship question, but I do understand that we haven't taught this very often. And um, we a lot of us use the Holy Scriptures, uh, we use the Bible, uh, we use other books uh, to try to understand or gain an understanding of truth. And uh, that, that is certainly valid. That's an important uh, way to build a foundation for your life is to have sources of truth that have been tried and proven um, of ways that God has communicated um, his person, his will, his character, his nature uh, to the world. And as we read about those, uh, those at his attributes, uh, characteristics, about his plans and his ways and dealing with mankind, uh, we gain insight and we gain understanding. This is all very important and we must study the Word in order to gain this kind of understanding. But what I want to talk about with you is a different way of reading the Word. There's, a, there's an old Latin phrase called Lexio Divina, and this is a, a divine reading. And how is divine reading different from uh, study of Scripture, uh, study of some important text? You know, if you think about it, we go through life, we, we gain truth in lots of ways throughout the day. We, can, we get up in the morning and uh, we might read a newspaper article. We might read a book. We might um, hear somebody talking in a podcast. 
We might um, listen to a trusted teacher who is speaking about a specific subject, uh, either spiritual or physical, and we gain truth in this way. But how is it that we're hearing from God? And my contention would be is that we have the potential for hearing from God in all of these ways because we know that God is everywhere. Anywhere where God isn't, then that place isn't, you see, because he is not only the creator, but he's the sustainer. And so as God sustains all things, that means he's everywhere within his creation. And if he's everywhere, we have the opportunity to hear his voice anywhere. The question, of course, quickly comes to mind, well, how are we going to hear his voice and how can we distinguish his voice from the myriad other voices calling our attention away from truth, away from love, away from righteousness and justice and goodness, and all those voices that are dragging us down into thinking about selfishness and fear and self-serving and, and basically, as, as Jesus tells us in the parable, building our house upon the sand instead of on the rock. Well, the best way to learn to hear his voice is to read the word, because we can most clearly hear his voice in the word. And if we can learn to hear his voice in the word, that is the Bible, then we can learn to hear his voice anywhere. But most of us don't read the Bible in this way. And so we want to look at Lexio Divina as a starting point that's going to lead us to contemplation and to not only hearing God's voice, but living in God's presence. And so the first step then is this Lexio Divina, this divine reading. Um, if we pick a passage of scripture, then we can. Uh, read it, and we can hear the message that it, that it has for us. Now, there's more than one way to read Scripture. And I know you're probably thinking, yeah, a right way and a wrong way. No, that's not what I'm talking about. No, it's not a right way and a wrong way. It's, there's a way of studying the Scripture to see what the truth of it is. And we, we ask questions like, for instance, if we're reading in the book of Matthew, and we know that Matthew, the disciple of Jesus, was the author of that book. And when Matthew wrote the book 2,000 years ago, what did he mean when he wrote this particular verse, this particular phrase? What was he trying to communicate in his day to the followers of Jesus who were listening? And how can, and then how, what, what do we take away from that? And, uh, and that's a historical study. We want to know what it was that Matthew meant when he wrote it 2,000 years ago. That's, that's a very important thing to try to understand to get at the truth of what he was trying to convey to us. Another way of studying the scripture is to read it in context. And so we, we read many verses before and many verses after. Uh, try to read whole chapters or whole sections of the word. So that if we're reading, for instance, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we read the whole three chapters of chapters 5 and 6 and 7. 
and trying to understand in context what is Jesus telling us so that we're not just pulling something out of context and making up our own interpretation, which is what we're always fearful of doing, that we would get sidetracked and in our selfishness and in our foolishness try to say things about God or about this world that aren't true. And so we, we want to stay away from that. But so studying of scriptures is important, but another way of, of reading the scriptures is this Lexio Divina, or divine reading. And I would put it to you that you need both kinds of reading. But, the, but while we have emphasized in our Western tradition of uh, this studying of God's word, we haven't emphasized this other tradition of listening to God's word. So this divine reading is really divine listening. And so you're reading a passage of scripture. And as you read that passage of scripture, you're listening for the voice of God. You're asking God to speak to you what is the thing you need today. And as you look at what you need today and you're thinking, Lord, I don't know what's coming up today, but you know, what do I need to hear? And so as we listen to God's word, we read it and we're listening for his voice. And suddenly a passage jumps out. I remember once facing a difficult situation in our life here. There was violence in the country where we live. And um, many people around me were very fearful and people were beginning to wonder, at what point do we leave the country? Maybe, maybe we should leave. Maybe we should hide away. Maybe we should um, do something in the face of this potential violence that's, that's coming up in the country where I'm living here in Middle Earth. And um, I got up and read in Proverbs, and it said, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. It's in the first verse of chapter 28. And, and I, I remember I just read that and the words leaped off the page. I'm sure that I've read that literally hundreds of times because I read through Proverbs regularly every month. And so I've read that verse literally hundreds of times, but it never jumped off the page the way it jumped that day. And I met with some of my friends and I said, I believe this is a word from the Lord. That the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I don't think we should go anywhere. I think we should pray and we should minister in Jesus' name here, now, in this situation and not run away. And it was the right thing to do. And we did have opportunities to share God's love in that situation to people who were fearful and hurting. And no, we were not in any danger um, because the perceived danger wasn't real in that case. Uh, whatever was feared didn't happen. And so this is how the word has spoken to me consistently through my life and uh, career here in Middle Earth. And it's a way that I'd like to teach you in the coming weeks how to listen to God's voice. So it begins with this 
Lexio Divina. You're reading, the, the verse jumps out, and then you sit there with it. You repeat the verse over and over again that God seems to have highlighted for you. You resist the temptation to wonder why he's giving you that particular voice now, maybe uh, because we can get sidetracked into all kinds of fears, you know. Oh, this is a, a, a verse about unity, and he wants me to think about unity. Does that mean my friend's going to betray me? Does that mean my, um, I'm going to have a problem with the group that I'm meeting with today? I'm going to, you know, we begin to become fearful of all these things. That's not the purpose of this exercise. The purpose is to hear what God's voice is telling you now. And that is always going to lead to peace and not confusion. So the first thing we do, we read, the verse comes to mind, then we begin the second point, which is meditation. Or if we're sticking with the Latin, it's meditatio. And so as we have this meditation, we begin to think about what is this verse mean? And we meditate on it. And what I'm going to do for you in the coming uh, weeks here is I'm going to, to read a verse and I'm going to meditate out loud on that verse so that you can see a, a, a bit what I mean. And so as we meditate, I repeat the verse over and over. I, I, I begin to think about what, what is the Lord saying in this verse? What does it mean not just in its historical context, that's the study of the word, but what does it mean to me now? What is God saying to me now? And to meditate on that, to think deeply about it. Take some time with this. This is our biggest problem, of course, is that we don't take the time that uh, it really takes to hear God's voice. We're always in such a rush, you know. And so, taking the time to hear God's voice in the midst of the rush, in the midst of the hectic life that we live, um, becomes a, a real skill that we have to develop. And this leads us then to or oratio, which is, um, which is prayer. So this leads us to prayer. And, and after we've meditated on a while, it leads us to prayer. And as we're praying, now we're speaking to God. And as we're speaking to God, we're pouring our hearts out to God. And we might be praying about things that we're concerned in our own lives. It could be our own health, our own needs, financial and otherwise. It might be um, the needs of those whom God has called us to love. It might be a need for salvation, or it might be a need for a certain situation that's come up. It might be gratitude for all the ways that he's met our needs already. And so as we pray, we're, we're pouring our hearts out to God. But, you know, as we talk about the word dialogue, you know, that dia in the word dialogue, it means two or two ways. And um, I, I heard it said recently um, most people don't have dialogue. They have interrupted monologues. And uh, I, I heard this phrase and immediately it just resonated with me. 
of how many times we're, we're talking with somebody instead of a conversation, instead of a dialogue where I'm listening to the person speaking, I'm hearing uh, his voice, I know I, I'm, I'm searching for his meetings I'm, I, and I get a sense that I know what he's talking about and then I respond to the words that he's saying um, with my own thoughts and my own ideas that he's, he's stirred up in me. And this is a dialogue. But most of us don't do dialogue. We do interrupted monologues. I already know exactly what I'm going to say. I know what I want to communicate. And I'm just waiting for him to shut up and finish what he's saying so that I can say what I'm going to say. And then I say what I'm going to say. And he's sitting there thinking, when is this guy going to finish so that I can finish saying what I was going to say? And all we're doing is interrupting each other in the monologues that we've already prepared, in the thinking that's already entrenched in our minds. And we, we don't hear each other, and it's not a real conversation. When we go to speak with God, we need a real conversation. We need to hear what he has to say in addition to saying what we need to say to him. And so prayer is there, but then we come to contemplation. And what is contemplation? How is contemplation different from meditation? This is what I would say about that. Meditation has the context of, of hearing this, this word from the Lord, and I'm thinking about this specific thing. In, in, in the case that we're talking about a specific verse or idea, a passage in Scripture, and so I'm, I'm, I've, I've got that in my brain, and I'm just thinking about it. And I'm trying to hear God's voice in that and trying to hear, what is he saying to me in this? And I'm, my meditation is taking the time to think deeply about what I have read. In contemplation, now my goal is a little different. Now my goal is to empty my mind of all the things that are distracting me from the presence of God. And so I've just prayed and I've tried to empty my mind, I've tried to, to unload, as it were, uh, all the things that are concerning me and leave them with God and then sit patiently and quietly in contemplation. And it doesn't mean thinking doesn't happen. It does. But we try to minimize distractions as much as we can. And really our goal is not to come to some amazing conclusion about what we've been reading and meditating on. It is not so we got this killer idea so that when we go have this conversation with this person that we're thinking of, we're going to really stick it to them with our genius argument that God has divinely given us uh, to win the day. Uh, that's not what this is about. No, instead, what we want to do is to sit quietly and to empty our mind of all the things that distract us. And as we do that, we want to feel the presence of God, the presence of God that is always, always there because he's always, always with us. And 
We're, we're listening for his voice, yes, but more than that, we want to feel his presence. As I was uh, listening to somebody else talk about this, there's a, a guy named Guido II who lived about a thousand years ago, and he calls what we're talking about uh, the four rungs of a ladder. He was thinking about these um, issues that we're talking about on contemplation. And he went out in the garden. And God, um, really, in his own use of Lexio Divina, he had read on um, uh, Jacob and Jacob's ladder and how that Jacob had, when he was going up to Haran and he laid down to sleep that night and he had the vision of a ladder going up to heaven and angels ascending and descending on it. And Guido was meditating on this as he's working in the garden. And he just came to him that um, he, was, he was wanting to, to visualize this ladder with four rungs. And the first rung was Lexio Divina, the reading of scripture, the divine reading. The second rung was meditation. The third rung was prayer. But the fourth rung was contemplation. And the way he thought about these is that reading is seeking for the blessed life, the life that's present to God. Meditation perceives this life. Prayer asks for this life, but contemplation tastes this life. And this is the way Guido communicates this to us. And, and I found this to be really helpful as you think about contemplation as setting aside all the business of, of, of life and mind and quieting our spirit, quieting our soul, quieting our heart and mind and our body and just resting in the presence of the Lord. If you think about this, you know, many, many traditions and religions around the world have this concept of contemplation. Um, the, the Buddhists, of course, are famous for their meditation of emptying their minds. And uh, the Muslims have their five times a day prayer that they call namaz, and uh, they use this to chant um, many times in Arabic language uh, that many of them don't understand if they're from other cultures and countries. And, uh, and this is a way of focusing the mind on something not itself. Focusing on the mind on something not your own problems. This is actually healthy. These are healthy things to do. Um, but we in Christian contemplation want to take this a step further. And to say, not only do I want to empty my mind of the things that, that just distract me from the goodness and the life of God, but I want to fill my mind with the good things that he's speaking to me about. And so as we sit in contemplation, we're sitting in the presence of God. And for me, if I can give you a picture of what we're talking about, this is a way of using the Word of God as manna. When you use the Word of God to study and to seek truth, you're building a foundation 
for your life, you're building the foundation of a road that you can walk down. But when you use the scriptures in the ways that we're talking about here, with meditation that leads to prayer, that leads to contemplation, now you're talking about manna, which gives you the strength to walk the road that you're on today. So that study might build a good foundation for the road that you're walking down, but you, you still need the strength from the manna, the daily manna that God is giving you every day. And that is this system of Lexio Divina, this system of reading the word, meditating on it, praying it, and then sitting in God's presence and contemplating his goodness and graciousness to us. And just being quiet and just being still. So this is what I want to challenge us to do together. Um, I'm going to give a series of lessons and I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 5 on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And he begins with the Beatitudes. And we're going to look at the nine different statements he makes about what it means to be blessed. And these become then for us the character and nature of citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And so as we think about what God is speaking to us in the character and nature that he wants to see in us, we're going to meditate on those things. So I hope that you'll join me and in meditating on God's word in a way that leads us to live in God's presence. This has been Meditations from Middle Earth. May God be your ever-present teacher and richly bless you on your journey.